0: Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying a management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. We are now up to number six of the 11 points of group sanity from Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. The 11 points that are generally out, in other words, absent in modern groups. Maybe a few decades from now, we can look back at these 11 points and chuckle to ourselves, remembering way back when, when groups were routinely insane on these subjects and groups were hard to live and work with. You know, groups are hard to live with. Haven't you noticed this? There are points of insanity in groups and it takes its toll on a person to the extent that someone may decide, you know what? I've had it with groups and I'm going to separate myself from groups Now and forevermore, I will darken the door of no group henceforth into perpetuity. I'm going to buy myself a cabin in the woods. And the rest of humanity can go hang, or at least the groups can. Yes, 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 I understand from all perspectives. And so does L. Ron Hubbard, which is why he wrote this article on the 14th of December, 1970, entitled Group Sanity. Now, groups don't have to be this way. And one thing we all basically know about groups, we cannot get along without them. It's a rare person, indeed, who can live the life of a hermit, and hermits don't always get high marks on their level of sanity, either. Not to offend any hermits that might be listening to BusinessWise here, but there's the frying pan, there's the fire. You're going to just have to settle in on this idea that if you want any kind of productive, prosperous life, you're going to have to learn how to deal with groups. Good thing you're listening to this podcast because that's what this is all about. Now, a good place to start is to know these make break points of sanity versus insanity in groups, as covered by Mr. Hubbard in this article. And today, as mentioned, we're going to take up point number six, which is promotion. Now, I'm curious, when you think of advertising and advertising people, do you think of truth? What picture do you get in your mind's eye? There was a television program, very popular, called Mad Men about the guys on Madison Avenue back in the day, back in the 50s or what have you, that were creating these advertising campaigns. These were appropriately called Mad Men, not simply because they were working on Madison Avenue. I didn't really watch the program, to be honest, but I have a general idea what it was about and the cast of characters there. And... uh, Yeah, this might be a personification to you of the people that would engage in such things as promotion and advertising. It is not commonly looked upon as a subject that deals in truth or sanity, okay? If an advertisement tells you that their product is the world's finest, it's the best or the most popular, do you believe it? Walter Rockite reporting from the Rocky Mountains that people are now treating pet rocks as humans and the rocks are becoming part of society. Probably not. We have all learned to distrust advertising. There's now, you know, reviews, Google reviews, Amazon reviews. But then, you know, we're always suspicious. Does this review written by the producer of the product? Is it a genuine review? You know, there's a lot of distrust in the subject, and that's with good reason because there's been a history of untruth in the subject of promotion. It is a, an area of insanity in groups. When a label says "Made in USA." We tend to want to check that out in disbelief. Are they referring to the city of USA in Japan? You know, there's a city called USA USA in Japan, and it was rumored back in the 50s or so that this was a loophole when products made in Japan were not held in very high regard. So, you know, made in USA, made in USA, you know, investigate this, you know, is it possible? We also want to make sure that if it says made in the USA, what was made in the USA? Let's say it's a suit, you know, was it the fabric? Was it the article itself? Was it the label that was made in the USA? <laughs> Rightfully so. There's a bit of distress there. Growing up in Vermont, we learned that there's a difference between pure Vermont maple syrup and Vermont pure maple syrup. Something could be pure Vermont without being pure maple syrup, evidently. So, Or, you know, do, sticking with food. What, you know, when something is promoted as organic, you know, there was an article written uh, back in November of 21, I think it was in the New Yorker magazine, The Great Organic Food Fraud. And there it's stated there's no way to confirm that a crop was grown organically. And there was this guy who exploited that trust in their labels and they made a fortune. Uh, For that matter, what does natural mean? You know, you buy a product that says uh, all natural. The USDA defines natural as a product containing no artificial ingredient or added color. And that is, quote, only minimally processed meaning it's processed in a manner that does not fundamentally alter the product. That means animals raised with hormones and antibiotics can still fall under the term natural. So there's a Latin term. uh, I think many of you are aware of it. Caveat emptor. The Latin phrase that is translated as let the buyer beware. And this phrase describes the concept uh, in contract law that places a burden of due diligence on the buyer of a good or service. So. It's a game, evidently, where the person promoting the product is trying to put over. This isn't sane, by the way. Don't take it as sane. I'm just saying it it seems to be the current game where the promoter is uh, trying to put over the best possible concept of their product or service that they can get away with. And then it's up to the buyer to beware, to be alert and cautious about what they're getting involved in and do their own due diligence. This is even a point of law. So with promotion, advertising, the temptation is to mislead, tell untruths, and that temptation is quite strong, and thus our trust of promotion is slight. Okay, so let's get into this now. What Mr. Hubbard defines promotion simply as this quote: "Promotion is making things known. It's getting things out. It's getting one's self known. It's getting one's products out." That's from a lecture of uh, May the twenty-fifth, around this time, nineteen sixty-five. So. That's a very simple definition of promotion. It should be pretty straightforward. Let's go to the article now where he says this. Promotion activities are subverted to unworthy activities. Isn't that kind of sad? No, it's been subverted. To subvert means to undermine the power and authority of an established system or institution. It comes from sub, which means from below, and vertere, Latin, to turn. So uh, this thing is being turned away from its proper usage. Promotion should be a very valuable, sane a way of making oneself known, making one's products known. Uh, even an individual should promote themselves. But it should be truthful. And when it's not truthful, it's become subverted to unworthy activities. You know, it's just so interesting that I'm doing this podcast today because just this morning I met with a gentleman who's got a pretty large, rapidly growing company company. And uh, he was discussing with me, he just discovered the Harvard management system and basically fallen in love with it. And he said, in all the business books that I've been studying, in the business educational programs that I've enrolled in, none of these have given me a real system of management, real techniques. And uh, here I have finally found something that gives me a true system that I can really sink my teeth into and implement. And uh, isn't that interesting? All these business gurus promoting you know their systems or their ideas and it's really kind of a bunch of hype for the most part a bunch of motivational talk and uh you know what are you walking away with in terms of tools quite interesting it's not all it's cracked up to be and and many many intelligent entrepreneurs that i've met over the years have said the same they've discussed even what they've learned in their mba programs and so forth with uh quite a bit of disdain it's interesting that um You know, the the organization that hires the most MBAs on earth is the US government. And I hope you run your company better than the US government is running country right now. Anyway, let's move on from that. So he says here promotion activities are subverted to unworthy activities. True value is seldom promoted. What one is actually achieving gets small mention while other things are heavily promoted. Reality and PR, PR is short for public relations, reality and PR are strangers. A third dynamic, remember the third dynamic is the, the urge to survive with and as groups. He says, a third dynamic psychosis is unreal or non-factual promotion. Yeah, so the great products, you know, the, the great services often go unnoticed in the flood of unreal, untruthful promotion and all the hype and the rah-rah and this and that drowns the actual promotion of valuable things that are being achieved. It's a psychosis. It's a point of insanity. So Mr. Hubbard goes on to say this in the article. He says, the acceptance of valuable final products and of their value depends in a large degree upon A, a real value and b. A desire for them. Now, don't gloss over this sentence because he gives you two essential points to creating acceptance of your services or of your products. And it's easy to overlook, so I don't want you to miss this. He says the acceptance of valuable final products and of their value depends in a large degree upon A, a real value. So point a if you want success in business if you want success in entrepreneurship and if you want to create acceptance for your valuable final products you want in other words you want to sell them you want to exchange them you want people to buy from you understand that the fundamental point a is a real value you must create real value with whatever the product is you may be starting out you may be learning but you're going to work like the devil to make sure that you are providing real value I actually need to do an episode on this because in actual fact, the value of the product should be in excess of, this would be the subject of another episode sometime, but the the value of the product should actually be so great that it's actually in excess of expectations. That is your ideal circumstance. And if you can't make it up with uh, your knowledge and skill, you can certainly make it up with the hard work and the ethical approach and the diligent approach to providing the best product possible and uh, making sure your customers are completely satisfied. And that is A, a real value. Meanwhile, of course, keep enhancing your own skills. And B, a desire for them. So, okay, you have to have A, real value, but you also have to have B, a desire for them because you might be able to build incredible homes, but there's no desire for them. Why? Because you're not promoting. You're your own best-kept secret. So he goes on to say this, promotion creates desire for the valuable final product. So A comes from your own ethics and a sense of honor in producing products and services uh, that are a real value, but that by itself won't do it. You now need to handle B, a desire for them. And what creates the desire for them? Promotion. So he says, promotion creates desire for the valuable final product. Now this is interesting because you'll run into in my consulting days way back when, you know, there would be Working with certain professionals who just felt it was inappropriate to promote. I won't do any promotion. You know, um, it's beneath me to do promotion. Well, if it's beneath you to do promotion, then it's probably going to be a tough road for you to hoe. Plus, if you really do have real value in your service and product, don't you kind of owe it to uh, the community to make yourself known so that they can take advantage of real value? There is, uh, I would say, a bigger argument for. Uh, the moral reasons for promotion than there are against it, provided promotion is truthful. And this is why people probably get turned off on the idea. I'm not going to do any advertising. It's because they associate that instantaneously with this point of insanity of being untruthful. Okay. So anyway, he goes on to say promotion creates desire for the valuable final product. The old saw that the man who builds a better mousetrap. So you know what a saw is in this context? It just basically means like um, a cliche, a saying, an overused expression, like, you know, like a maxim, like a, a rule of livingness, I guess you could call it. So the old saw, he says here, the old saw that the man who builds a better mousetrap will have the whole world coming to his door is a total falsity. Unless the value is made known and the desire created, the mousetraps are going to go unsold. So, I'll show you another way that this gets manifested. Very, very interesting. How many members, some 2,000 members for WISE in the Eastern United States? You can ask yourself this question, but it is stunning to me how few of my members have someone in charge of promotion as a single function. As a matter of fact, uh, generally, when building up a professional practice back in the day, again, uh, you know, when we were doing. Business consulting, we don't do that anymore from WISE, but we do license and mentor and train consultants. But it was interesting that a professional would tend to always hire, of course, you know, a receptionist or an assistant or someone like that to help them with their administration. Let's say they're a, an accountant or a lawyer or a dentist or something like that. You know, please don't make me answer the phone. So let me find someone to answer the phone. So hiring an administrative assistant wasn't usually that hard to get um, a professional to do. But boy, that third employee. So I'm gonna I'm ready to hire another employee. Okay, good. So I guess you're going to hire a promotional person. A what? Uh, aren't you going to hire somebody for your promotion? No, 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 no. I'm going to hire another accountant. No, no, no. I'm going to hire another mechanic. No, no, no. I'm going to hire, you know, someone to help me, you know, swing a hammer. Like the idea of hiring as the third person, someone exclusively responsible for driving in business and just doing promotion was like... Excuse me, sir. what are you talking about? Like it was that foreign a concept. And if I were to prevail and say, no, 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 look, you've hired yourself a receptionist, you're a doctor. next person I want you to hire is for promotion. And OK, all right, OK. So here's the next thing that comes out of their mouth. Full-time? No, 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 no. Just hire somebody part-time. I don't want you to get too big. I don't want you to get too busy. I don't want you to expand too much. I don't want you to achieve too much prosperity. Just hire them for 10 hours a week. No, of course, full time. Promote. You have a valuable service. You have a valuable product. How can you go wrong? Go find someone who is as passionate about your service and product as you are and will promote it. It is a constant source of surprise to me how hard one has to work to convince someone to put somebody flat out full-time, at least one person, maybe two on promotion. Hey, look, you got a valuable final product, man. You got a values. you got a valuable service. You want to get it out there? Get it promoted. Oh yeah, I do the promotion. What do you mean you do the promotion? You know, he's the accountant. Oh, well, yeah, I have a little, you know, I have a promotional company that I use and I, you know, I send them a check every month and you know, they do my promotion for me wow man you you just relegated you know this the second part you've got a, you've got b, you've got a real value and b a desire for them. You've relegated the second half of how to create acceptance of your valuable final products to somebody else, you know to do whenever they can or and and, and in many cases, also, I'm not saying don't hire outside marketing firms i do it I'm not saying don't, but I'm just saying. Uh, you should have someone within your own organization or group that does nothing but figure out new and better ways to promote your services, your valuable final products. Okay. Hope I made that point, but that's, you know, it's an interesting stigma that goes with this whole subject of promotion. It's an honorable important vital aspect of getting a valuable service at public need known and accepted and being uh, utilized. So uh, there you go. So he says, Unless the value is made known and the desire created, the mouse traps are going to go unsold. Promotion is so important that it can stand alone. Listen to this. Promotion is so important that it can stand alone. You could literally build, and I've seen people do this, an organization and achieve some uh, temporary level of prosperity only through promotion. But of course, it, it dead ends because they're not providing any value. So the, set, the first part's not there. So you can't have A without B or B without A. But he says promotion is so important that it can stand alone. It can have limited success even when there is no product. But in that case, it will be of short duration. Ain't that the truth? Might end up in jail. So promotion must contain reality and the final product must exist and be deliverable and delivered for promotion to be fully successful. So A is part of B, B is part of A. A, a real value and B, a desire for them. They are integral to each other. If you don't have something of real value, then your promotion perforce must be false, right? So there you're falling right into that trap of false promotion and it will dead end. But on the other hand, if you have nothing but real value, but you won't promote it or make it known, That too will be a dead end. So you have those two things the real value, A, a real value, and B, a desire for them. He says, the acceptance, now bringing you back to the first sentence, the acceptance of valuable final products and of their value depends in a large degree upon A, a real value, and B, a desire for them. Then the final sentence in the section he says, public relations and advertising and all their skills cover this area of promotion. Now we've done several episodes earlier about the difference between Public relations and marketing. I do advise reviewing those earlier episodes if you haven't in a while. Uh, they, I think within the first volume, the first year of Business Wise, we actually did an episode called, um, I remember exactly what it was called, but it was the difference between promotion and marketing. In fact, I might re release it this week as a bonus episode because that was a lot of bearing on this. Um, but I'm not going to go into it particularly right now. But do understand that when we're talking about Six is point of group sanity promotion. We're talking about public relations and advertising, and all their skills cover this area of promotion. So don't neglect PR either. Don't just go with advertising. You also need public relations. If you want to clear that up, listen to some of our episodes on public relations. Okay. All right. So, yeah, heavy duty area of insanity in groups, but brought into sanity, it becomes a very useful, honorable, valuable skill and uh profession you don't have to be a madman uh to be expert in promotion it very much helps to have an excellent and valuable service or product of course and with that um truthful means of promotion are very easy to work out there's many many different ways to do it many different directions it can be done in It's its own study it's its own subject but it's a very honorable subject because it is what creates the exchange where those valuable services do get out there. All right. Well, anyways, that's it for this week's episode. Let us know if you got something out of it by leaving us a comment, a like, or writing us at info at wiseestress.org. We're very happy to get your wins. We've got a lot of them. Uh, We feature that in last Wise Wins Hotwire, a whole slew of them, but we we never get tired of reading them, really, what we do these for. We, We like to hear from you and hear your wins. So please do write us or leave us a comment. And we will talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening.